So let me begin with a question. If I give you two choices, and the first one is I, I asked you to choose between the goodness of God and judgment, what would you choose? Yeah. If I, if I asked you to choose, not, see, I'm not talking about the judgment of God, okay? Because the judgment of God is also good. Because the judgment of God reveals his justice, reveals his righteousness. The judgment of God is restorative. So I'm not talking about the judgment of God. I'm saying if the choice is between God's goodness and between your judgment, what would you choose? That's what you say. We all say that we want to choose God's goodness. But we always end up choosing our judgment. I have a very fresh story. <laughs> and I believe that somebody will testify today. So we were out a couple of days ago. And this friend of mine, you know, he just got a phone call. He got a phone call from a friend, from a colleague of him whose salary got incremented, okay? 30% salary, and this guy was like, wow, man, your salary got incremented 30%, and he was really happy for, you know, his colleague, and I said, well, it can happen to you also. No, it can't happen to me, because, you know, she was there in that account for so many years, she was meant to prosper, she was faithful, I've been moved uh, you know, move from one account to the other, there's no way that I can, you know, my salary can increase. So I was like, I, I did not say anything. I, I was like, let it go. Let's talk about it later. Uh, maybe after an hour, he gets a phone call. Oh, he gets to know that his salary has also been increased 30%. So, <laughs> so I looked at him and I said, there's something called the favor of God. Okay, uh, what I'm trying to say is there's so many times we, we know the goodness of God as a concept, but we would rather choose to stay in our judgment of ourselves, in our judgment of the circumstances, in our judgment of people around us. Am I right or wrong? We always do that. Always. And I'm saying, see, I am not talking to the lost sheep, okay? I'm talking to the righteous people in the church. And, you know, they are the harder group to deal with because they are more hard-hearted people. Uh, the lost sheep in us is the soft, the, the soft, the <laughs> not, not the dumb. Sorry, guys. You guys are not dumb, okay? You know, the, the soft, the soft side of you, you know, which you speak on God's love and you get it. But I'm... I'm really trying to deal with the hard-heartedness of us, and including me, where we choose God's goodness, or, you know, we wouldn't choose God's goodness over our own judgment and discernment. No, this, is, this can't happen. Why? Because I know best. You know, it sounds stupid when you say it, but that's how we live our life all the time. Isn't it true? All the time. So I am going to share from Luke 15. We are going to do verse by verse. Okay, Luke 15 is one 
chapter that really impacted my life and you know when i began in ministry one whole year i just preached luke 15 wherever i went okay but you know i'm telling you the lord can teach you and can give you fresh insights each and every time so i'm not going to speak so that you can have some information i'm going to speak so that you will have the revelation of who god is okay what is the topic choose goodness of god over your own judgment what's your topic choose goodness of god over your own judgment now luke 15 you know you know this these three parables right the lost sheep the lost coin the lost son you know these three parables and you already know what you know i'm i might speak on but let me tell you this 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 message is not for the sinners of the church this message is for the righteous people who don't need repentance that's why this message is hard what i'm going to share today is unique and hard because i'm going to speak to you guys who think you don't need repentance in your life because people who need repentance this this message is easy they're willing to receive but i'm going to speak to the older brothers of the house who think who don't need repentance who think whose life is sorted who think that their judgment is the best so that is where i'm going to lead you okay so i want you to come down to that mindset uh, don't think that you are one of those sinners and tax collectors but think of yourself as the pharisee seriously as the religious pharisee who is there to judge everybody and judge yourself because that's what we are except sunday that's how we live our lives we are those religious pharisees who not only judge everybody who judges ourselves the most right am i right okay so put yourself in those pharisee shoes and listen to this story listen to this instant and let the word heal you today amen let the goodness of god lead us to repentance amen come with me luke chapter 15 luke chapter 15 i'm going to do verse by verse so stay with me verse 1 now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him whom they were drawing near to jesus why were they drawing near drawing near to hear him and and the pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying this man receives sinners and eats with them see 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 this see this very carefully the the sinners and the tax collectors were all drawing near to jesus right but the pharisees they were standing afar and they were judging everybody this guy look at him doesn't that remind us of ourselves huh okay so who is the inner inner circle it's the sinners tax collectors who need help it's the sick who is in the outer circle who is standing afar from jesus the ones who are judging the pharisees you and me we are the ones right now see what jesus says jesus is telling these three parables in response to what the pharisees are grumbling grumbling about understand this 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 these three parables are not really for the sinner it is for the pharisee these three parables are not really for the tax collector it is for the pharisees to hear what his message is are you getting this because jesus response is to these pharisees who are grumbling who's saying this man receives sinners and eats with them 
verse 3 so he told them this parable so because he knew what the pharisees were thinking he knew what the pharisees were saying so he told them this parable what's the parable what man of you having a hundred sheep if he has lost one of them does not leave the 99 in the open country and goes after the one that is lost until he finds it and when he has found it he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying to them rejoice with me for i have found my sheep that was just lost just so i tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than the 99 righteous people who need no repentance in fact he's he's calling out the self righteous ones you know what's the interesting thing how many sheep did this shepherd have 100 how many did he lose one but he left the 99 do you know where it says in the open country he leaves them in the open country to go looking out for one when he finds it he brings the lost sheep back to his home who finally goes home the lost sheep not the one who's righteous are you hearing this who goes back home the lost sheep the lost sheep who needs who needs healing who needs deliverance who needs forgiveness the lost sheep who's willing to repent he gets back home everybody else is left in the open country the other interesting thing is this man goes back home and he celebrates with his friends right he has a huge party how many sheep did he kill for that party <laughs> just does not make sense he just spent all his energy and time finding that lost sheep and now he's celebrating this with his friends and i'm sure they cut a lot of sheep does not make sense but jesus the message of gospel the message of jesus gospel the message of the kingdom does not make sense it does not make sense as much as is it is gracious to the sinner it seems very hard to the religious mindset it just does not make sense okay the next story or verse 8 or what woman having 10 silver coin if she loses one coin does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it and when she has found it she calls together her friends and neighbors saying rejoice with me for i have found the coin that i had lost just so i tell you there is joy before the angels of god over one sinner who repents how many coins did she lose one and then what did she do after she found it she is doing a party how many coins did she spend on that doesn't make sense 
it just doesn't make sense what is what is jesus trying to say that one lost coin is more precious than the nine ones that do not need to be found that think that they do not need to be found are you with me okay come on verse 11 and he said there was a man who had two sons now can i tell you something the story that i'm going to read from now on the story is not really about the lost son because how does jesus begin there was a man who had two sons the story is about a father and that's where we lose our focus we think that the story is about us the story is not about really about us it is about the father there was a man who had two sons and see this and the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of property that is coming to me and he divided his property between them so when the younger one said to the father father give me my share of inheritance what is he trying to say what is he trying to say he's trying to say father you're dead to me i can't wait for you to die so just give me my share of inheritance i don't care i don't ca- really care if you're dead or alive just doesn't matter to me just give me my share of inheritance so what did the father do he just divided his property between them think in that culture jesus is talking to a jewish audience any son who does that to the father the father can get him stoned right away without any questions he can get him stoned right now do you do you know one thing when when the father divides his property among the children the eldest one gets a double portion did you know that okay so when this property was divided the eldest one got two thirds of the property and the younger one got one third okay those are just information you you need to listen to okay so what did the younger one do with his property with a share of inheritance verse 13 Not many days later the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living Now see the inheritance during that time was real estate and when when the father gave him the real estate one third of the real estate how did how how was he able to get you know ready cash of the real estate to go and spend into reckless living it just seems like this guy was so desperate he was so desperate in living you know his life the way he wanted to to be the judge of his life he just somehow wanted to run away from the father get so far away from the father so that the father would have no influence over his life that's what it seems because the real estate that he got okay he he had to sell it right to get some cash to leave the house so how did he sell the cash he probably sold it for much cheaper price than the actual value probably otherwise he wouldn't get the money so quickly because the word says not many days later not many days later he probably did not even bargain he just got the cash ran why because he wanted to live his life in reckless living verse 14 and when he had spent 
everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. When he had spent everything, now an external circumstance has happened to him, right? Which he, he, which he did not think of, which he did not consider, right? All of us who want to be the judge of our lives when an external circumstance happens which we really did not put into account, now we are like in need. Now what do we do? So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. Just think about how miserable this guy is. He comes from such a wealthy family, right? He just spends all his inheritance. Now he's in a state where he's lost everything. He wants to eat what the pigs are eating. Just think about how miserable his situation is. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, but when he came to himself, now tell me something, when he came to himself, was it because he suddenly recognized, man, my father is so loving, what am I doing here? Or he recognized that there's more for him in the father's house than he's here. See, why he's going back to the father is not because he suddenly has a selfless love for the father. It's purely out of hunger. He's hungry. And he knows that there's food in his father's house. Okay? So this is what he prepares. He prepares, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So he prepares a speech. Maybe if I say the speech in front of my father, my father will forgive me and just accept me for who. You know, at least he'll accept me as a servant. Which is good enough. At least I'll get good food. Okay, I live my life, all the rest of my life as a servant, eating good food. That's all that he desired. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Think about it. He was a long way off and the father saw him. How is it? How is it that the father saw him even when he was long way off? It, it just suggests that the father was waiting for him. Waiting for him to return. Just like the shepherd goes out to the lost sheep and the woman goes out to the lost coin, here the father is waiting for the younger son to come back. Right? And we hear it says, the father saw him and felt compassion the moment he saw his younger son he felt compassion he did not feel anger he did not feel oh I have to punish him he felt compassion every time you come to God for whatever selfish reason you come to God he sees you far off and he has compassion and then he ran he had compassion and he ran now just imagine with me in those days you know those people especially older folks they they wore long ropes right the tunings of long ropes so for him to run is like literally picking up those ropes till his knee length and running that you know 
the Jewish people would not really reveal their legs because that's like, that's like a symbol of shame. They wouldn't do that. So the father is, I don't care about what people think. I don't care about how shameful this act is, but I care for my son more than my reputation. See, the father, he's running towards the son. He embraces him and kissed him. You know, the, the, the English word over here just says kissed him, but if you really understand the Greek, it says he kept on kissing him. Kept on kissing him. Now understand, this guy, this younger son is coming back from the pigs. He smells like a pig. He hasn't taken a shower, probably never, you know, he, he probably is not wearing the proper clothes. But the father has compassion, runs towards him, hugs him, kisses him, kisses him, kisses him, keeps kissing him. And the son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. So he takes up his speech that he has practiced and he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. If I was the father, I would have said, good job, bro. Finally, you got it. Finally. <laughs> but how does the father respond to him? By ignoring him. By ignoring his speech. He does not even respond to that speech. He just ignores that speech. In fact, he says to his servant, bring quickly the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. Father's response to your pathetic speech is ignorance, which is so good. <laughs> he says, bring the best robe. Bring the ring, bring the sandals. Who was most upset when the younger son came? Do you know who was the most upset person when the younger son came? More than the older son? It was the fattened calf. See, it does not say a fattened calf. It says the fattened calf. That means every time they were feeding the calf, they were like, dude, you're going to get cut. We are going to celebrate you. So that calf was special. Understand that calf was special. That calf was kept for a special occasion. And the father says, bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Why? Verse 24, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Why did the younger son leave the house? Because the father was dead to him, right? He was like, I don't care if you're dead or alive, you're dead to me anyways. That's why the son left. And now the father says, for this my son was dead. You know, every time we think that the father is dead, we are the ones who became dead. Every time we disconnect ourselves from this relationship that we have with the father, we become dead, not him. Every time we ignore his presence, it's us who's actually living a life of death. Why? Because eternal life is living in a relationship with this God who loves you. So this father says, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now comes the climax. And this is for all of us, okay? This is where you, you and me are coming. Verse 25. Now his oldest son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. 
And he called one of the servants and asked, What these things mean? And he said to him, Your brother has come and your father, listen to this, has killed the fattened calf. Because he has received him back safe and sound. Now he's, I think he's angry because of the fattened calf. But he was angry and refused to go in. But the father is so gracious, his father comes out. His father came out and entreated him. Look at what a loving father, man. And I'm thinking, having such a loving and perfect father, but having two messed up children, how is that possible? Right? One who wants to always go out, who does not want to live with the father, the other one who is living in the house, but you know, who really does not understand the father. How they're so messed up. Really think about it. You know, I used to think being if if I can be the best shepherd, all my sheep will be good. And I'm and I'm really beginning to think maybe that's not the case. Because he is the perfect father, but I don't live life like that. Why? Because at the end of the day, we get to make our own choices. And the father, in his love, gives us the freedom and the power to make our choices. So he can be perfect, he can be loving, he can be so good, he can be so gracious, so merciful, and we still could behave like, you know, Look at the father. He comes out and he begins to plead with his son. But he was angry, verse 28. The older son was angry. He was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat. See, I told you it was the fattened calf. It was a fattened calf that made him upset. He said, you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Question. Did Jesus or does the Bible mention that the younger son spent all his money on prostitutes? Does the Bible mention that? No. But then how does the older son know that this son of yours who has devoured your property with prostitutes, how does he know that the younger son has spent up all the money in prostitutes? How does he know? Because I think he must have thought when the younger son left, he must have thought, man, if I was in his shoes, I would do all of this. So even though the older son did not leave the house, it just, he was never there. He was there physically in the house, but mentally, emotionally, he was disconnected. Do you see that? See, he was there in the house. Look, these many years I have served you. He's there and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat. He's disconnected from the father. He's serving him as a master, but he never understood the father's heart for him. He never understood the father's love for him. Look at the response of the father. And he said to him, Son, 
you're always with me. My goodness. Son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. You know, one thing that I find interesting in the story is why didn't the father go after the younger son and plead him, plead with him not to go, not to leave the house? Why didn't the father do that? Do you know why? Because I think it was the responsibility of the older brother. The brother should have done that. He should have convinced him. And I know that I'm speaking to most of you who are Christians and who have been Christians for so long. If Jesus saved you by grace, there's a mandate upon our lives to be the older brothers and get the younger brothers back home. We can't live our lives so self-focused, self-obsessed with our circumstances, with our issues, that we forget the younger brothers and the younger sisters. I, I really want to encourage you, you know, if you are a Christian, you are a missionary. There's no doubt about it. And for you to be a missionary, you really don't have to go to Africa or to any other village of India. You can be a missionary wherever God has placed you. Just imagine, if, if you're able to share the gospel to one more person, just one more person, and bring them to the church, the church overnight becomes double. Christianity in India has overnight become double. There's so many younger brothers out there who need your convincing, who need your pleading, who, who, who are waiting to hear from you that the Father still loves them, that the Father still cares for them, that the Father, in spite of you living your reckless life, that the Father is, you know, that the Father really is concerned for them. Because that is what Jesus did for us, right? He was the shepherd who found us. He was, he was the older brother for us and he came looking for us and he said, hey, you know what? The father loves you. The father loves you. He is concerned about you. And the reason why we are not really living our lives, finding these younger brothers and bringing back home because we are too obsessed with what's happening in and around us that we are disconnected from the father. We are living in the house, but we still don't recognize his love. We are living in the house, but we, he, we are not allowing him to be the judge of our life. We are not allowing him to be the Lord of our lives. We want to rule our lives, live the life the way we want to. And because of that, we are disconnected from the Father. We don't understand his heart for us. Neither do we understand his heart for us. So that we don't, we, we are not even a blessing to the younger brothers and sisters out there who don't know him. And I'm just pleading with you as an older brother. If you have experienced the love of God, 
that is unconditional at any moment of time if that's not a reality today it doesn't matter because it can be become a reality the moment you become aware but if you have experienced the love of god any moment in your life then you have a mandate upon your shoulders to reach out to the younger brothers and sisters and bring them back home choose the goodness of god over your judgment because whenever we use our judgment we become so disconnected from the world and the father because nothing is good happening in my life every other testimony you know that that person is sharing all the testimony nothing good is happening in my life why because you choose your judgment over the goodness of god see the goodness of god has the power to overwhelm your life it has the power if you just sit here you know close your eyes and just take a moment to look back into your life in how god has been good to you in how god has showered his kindness my goodness tell me if you won't stop crying the goodness of god can overwhelm your life but we often want to choose our own judgment stop judging yourself and stop judging everybody else start operating from the goodness of god you know in romans chapter 2 verse 4 i know you have heard this verse which says it's the goodness of god that leads us to repentance but have you read the verses that are above and below have you ever read the verses you know what it, what it is talking about it is talking about how dare you judge somebody it's talking about judgment read that read those passages it will blow your mind because paul is saying how dare you judge somebody because it is the goodness of god that has led you to repentance then how dare you think that you can you have the capacity to judge someone else and you might say you know but i don't judge anybody but you judge your own life why are you not happy today why are you not content with what god has blessed you why are you not satisfied where you are because you are judging your life today today the goodness of god has a capacity to overwhelm each and every one of us overwhelm to a point where we can overflow in his love where we can overflow in his heart for the lost for the broken for the people who are living recklessly and we can comfort them and tell them hey the father loves you today and if that's not your life if that's your not your life then the evidence suggests that somewhere you are disconnected from the father because you cannot be connected with the father and not be a blessing you cannot be connected with the father and not have his heart for the lost and not have his heart for the broken somewhere something is wrong we are being so spiritually fed that we have become so obese that we really don't want to exercise our faith and our faith can only be exercised the love that we show for the people are you with me today all the older brothers and the older sisters in the house okay what the father says my son my daughter you are always with me and everything that i have is yours everything that i have is yours choose 
to be overwhelmed by the goodness of God than to be overwhelmed by your own judgment. You can be overwhelmed both ways. But today you can choose to be overwhelmed by the goodness of God. You know, that is what resting in God means. Resting in God means not to be passive. Resting in God means to make that conscious effort to, to remind your mind, to train your mind, to feed yourself with the goodness of God. That is what resting in God means. So today I want to encourage you if, you, if you look into your life and if you think that you, you know, there are areas of your life where you're like the older brother, then I just want to make a call so that we are not those righteous people who don't need repentance, but we are that sheep who needs repentance, who is saying, Father, I need you. I need you. I don't know, I don't know where I have lost it, but I really need you. I really need you to come through in my life. I want to be a blessing. I want to pour myself like a drink offering so that I just don't focus on my life, my career, my choices, my admission, my wife, my husband, but I live a life being becoming a blessing for the world. I live a life becoming a blessing for the broken, for the people who are living in darkness. That's your cry today. Just take this moment, just take this moment just to become personal with your father because your father loves talking to you personally. Don't wait for me. Just personally speak to him. Just, just take this moment to surrender to his love because his love is as fresh today as it was when you first encountered his love. In fact, his love has a capacity to even overwhelm you more than it did then. So just take a moment, just take a moment, just to, just to be connected in your heart, just to be connected emotionally, just to be connected mentally and just surrender. Surrender. Just to make that choice. Father, we choose your goodness. We choose your goodness over the judgment, over our judgment, over our discernment, over our reasoning. We choose your goodness. Father, to be overwhelmed by your goodness, to be overwhelmed by your goodness that this cup starts pouring out, that this cup starts overflowing, that I become a blessing to the people around me. I don't want to live a selfish life. We don't want to live so self-focused life. But to choose your kingdom, to choose the reality of who you are, let your goodness flow in and through me. Father, I want to be a blessing. I want to be a blessing. I want to reveal your heart. Father, we as a church, we want to reveal your heart today. We want to reveal your heart to the broken, to the despised, to the, to the ones who are in darkness. Father, make my life as a drink offering, which keeps pouring out. Because your fire has the capacity to keep burning in me without burning me out. And I, Father, Father, we pray that we want to experience that.
We want to experience the outpouring of your spirit. We give up our reasoning. We give up our thinking. We give up our ideas. We give up our, our logical, rational mind. We just give it up. We surrender. And Father, we just ask you to overwhelm us with your goodness today. To overflow in gratitude. To overflow in thanksgiving. To overflow in your blessings. For you have already blessed us. We don't need any more blessings. We are already blessed by you. Jesus. Jesus. Father, we thank you. We just give you glory. We just give you glory. We just give you honor for who you are. And Father, we pray that this reality of your love, your grace, your kindness will become real to us. Every day of our lives, every morning we wake up, we wake up to the sound of your love. We wake up to your kindness. Because your word says your mercies are new every morning. Like the fresh dew of the grass. Your mercies are new every morning. And Father, I speak for everyone over here who are the older brothers and older sisters of your body. I pray, Father, that you will give them a fresh revelation of your love that they will not be limited to themselves to their lives but they will start going out and becoming the blessing for the world for the harvest is plenty but the laborers are few father we thank you we thank you for you have overwhelmed us with your goodness we thank you in jesus name we pray Amen, amen.